Your Weekend Lover by Witching Part 1 of the Purple Rain series Read by Literarian Chapter 9 One of the interesting things about being cold-blooded was that a sudden, drastic change in temperature could pull Crowley out of even the deepest sleep. He had found himself thinking, on several occasions before, that if he were dead and buried in the ground, the changing seasons would still be enough to stir him from his slumber. So, when he awoke in his bath, although the water had cooled from blistering to lukewarm, the first thing he noticed was that he was hot. Too hot. Far too hot. It didn't take him long to figure out why the temperature had increased so dramatically, as he cast a look around the bathroom and immediately shook off whatever drowsiness remained from his nap. Everything was bright and loud and close. A wall of flame cutting across the room, following a trail from the rug to the towel rack to the shower curtain to the dark wooden cabinet. Crowley choked, and then he began hyperventilating, which he knew, intellectually, was the wrong thing to be doing. He couldn't process things intellectually at the moment. He was frantically searching for an out, his path to the door blocked by the fire. Panic had always been a funny thing for Crowley – a thing he felt strongly and often, in spite of his repeated insistence that it was not a demonic reaction. He could handle anxiety, he could talk himself down from paranoid thoughts, he could rationalize things to himself, but in over 6,000 years he had not yet found a way to override his panic response. His instinct when it happened was to swiftly jump into action and it usually turned out okay because he was competent and he knew what he was doing. Sometimes, though, he forgot some very obvious things that would be rather helpful to him. Things like the fact that there was a tub full of water that he could easily use to put out the fire or the fact that he could simply walk through the flames to get to the door. Or even the fact that he should probably call the fire department. He did not do any of these things. What he did, while his heaving breaths turned into wheezes and sobs, was to punch through the wall with one of his wings and walk through the hole he created into his bedroom and then make a beeline for the window. This would have been somewhat logical as an escape route if he had taken the fire escape. But he did not. He stepped out onto the window ledge and propelled himself upward without pausing for thought and simply flew away from his burning flat. Crowley was not thinking in any coherent sense, but some vague part of him had a sense of self-preservation and so he was not spotted by any humans who happened to look up at the London sky at three o'clock in the morning. This was doubly good, as his space instincts were not sophisticated enough to materialize clothing for him. 
When he touched down on the sidewalk outside Aziraphale's bookshop, the feel of the concrete under his bare feet, which may or may not have been half converted to scales, was just jarring enough to remind him to cover himself before he began pounding frantically on the door. Aziraphale answered the door within seconds. He'd been sitting in the shop, because the back room reminded him of Crowley, and his bedroom reminded him of Crowley, and so he'd been sitting at his desk, pretending to look over his records, thinking about Crowley. And then he'd heard the unmistakable sound of Crowley's wings beating, and the even more unmistakable sound of Crowley's sobs. His futile attempts to gulp in air, and he'd gotten up and headed for the door before the demon had even thought of knocking. Crowley, are you? Aziraphale was cut off when Crowley fell forward, embracing him around the middle with enough force to knock the wind out of him. The demon's hands balled into fists in the back of Aziraphale's jacket, his face pressed into the angel's chest, his body still racked with sobs. It was difficult to hold Crowley with his wings still out, and equally difficult to guide him into the shop so that Aziraphale could close the door. So the angel resorted to something he would previously have considered a dirty trick. He stroked Crowley's feathers with a cautious hand, a soothing touch, and allowed a bit of divine warmth to diffuse through the demon's body. He had never done this before, had always considered it a bit like cheating, like taking advantage, but desperate times called for desperate measures. He gave Crowley just enough, not a lot, just enough to calm him so he could focus and tuck his wings away, and he did. Aziraphale wrapped his arms around Crowley then and practically dragged him inside, the demon mostly dead weight in his grasp, still breathing heavily and hiccuping. They got to the back room and Aziraphale got Crowley situated on the sofa, still attached to him with an inextricable hold and tried to look him over. Crowley was positively covered in soot and sweat, tear tracks running down his filthy face, his eyes half shut, exhausted. His clothes were shoddily manifested, looking like a mismatched pair of pyjamas that a teenager would make for their final project in sewing class. He tried to keep breathing, but it came out as wheezing and crying and sniffing. Aziraphale waited patiently for him to calm down a bit more, all the while rubbing his back and murmuring comforting thoughts to him. Crowley, he said softly, when the demon's breathing had finally evened out a bit. My dear, what happened to you? Crowley's entire body stiffened against him, squeezing him tighter. I... I was... I didn't. He tried to mumble a response, but found himself rather incapable of forming sentences. It was, I think, candles. I don't, I don't, I don't, I, I didn't. You didn't what? I didn't mean to, I couldn't. 
Crowley! The angel soothed, running his fingers through the hair at the nape of the demon's neck. You're okay. You're safe. Crowley let out a whine that threatened to turn into more sobbing, but he swallowed it back before it could get that far. It was like last time, like a nightmare. Aziraphale shook his head. Last time? What last time? Everything was burning. Crowley explained, his voice distant and shaky. Everything was burning, and and you weren't there, just like last time. Oh. Crowley didn't say anything in response, just nodded his head against Aziraphale's chest. He heaved a sigh, a mingled sound of exhaustion and relief, and closed his eyes. With his arms wrapped around Aziraphale, Aziraphale's around him, the sound of the angel's steady, sturdy heart beating in his ears, he drifted to sleep. The angel rather helpfully cleaned him up and put him in better clothing for sleeping, soft cotton shorts and a tea, the way he knew Crowley liked it, and saw to a few other things while he was at it. He did all of this through the excessive use of miracles, because any time he tried to extract himself from Crowley's grasp, the demon whimpered in his sleep and held on to him tighter, like an insecure boa constrictor. Aziraphale smiled to himself and pressed a soft kiss to the top of Crowley's head as he settled in to hold him until the demon felt safe enough to let go. When Crowley awoke, it was less like a nightmare and more like a dream. Soft light streamed in through thin curtains, and as he looked around, he noticed they were in Aziraphale's bed. Crowley looked up at the angel, scared and confused. He was glad to be here. Yes, it was the most comfortable he'd felt in months, but a lot had happened to him and he still wasn't quite sure where he stood. His wide eyes met Aziraphale's warm ones and his chest squeezed painfully. I'm sorry, Crowley said quickly, before Aziraphale had the chance to speak. He extricated himself from the angel, untwisting their limbs, and sat back to face him. I'm sorry, I didn't... I wasn't thinking. I didn't know where else to go. I'm sorry. Aziraphale leaned forward, reached out for him, frowning when he shied away further. What are you sorry for? He asked, his voice soft and warm, despite his puzzlement and hurt. What do you have to be sorry for? His eyes rapidly filling with tears, Crowley swallowed thickly and shook his head. I shouldn't have. I know you don't want me here. I shouldn't have imposed on you. Upon seeing the way the angel cocked his head to the side, narrowing his eyes, Crowley jumped to continue speaking. But I don't... I don't want to leave. Please don't make me leave. He begged, an edge of panic creeping back into his voice. 
I can't be alone right now, Angel, please. Frowning deeply, Aziraphale grabbed Crowley's hand before he could pull it away and began rubbing small circles in the demon's skin with his thumb. I do want you here, he whispered. I don't want you to go. He thought for a moment, chewing on his lower lip, and tucked Crowley closer. We don't always have to be leaving each other, he murmured fervently. It's okay to stay sometimes. It's good to stay. Crowley sniffed and nodded his head, reassured by Aziraphale's kindness and openness. He allowed himself to be pulled back into Aziraphale's arms, pliant and agreeable in his emotional state, craving the closeness and the comfort and the warmth of the angel's embrace. Crowley moved to rest his head on Aziraphale's chest again, but the angel caught him, one arm around his waist, while the other released its hold on Crowley's hand, moving to cup his cheek. Come here, Aziraphale said, guiding the demon's face up until they were looking into each other's eyes so close that their breaths intermingled. At this distance, Crowley saw that the angel's eyes were brimming with tears as well. He was as close to falling apart as Crowley was. The demon blinked, a few stray tears escaping and rolling down his cheeks, and Aziraphale inhaled sharply, a soft gasp. He felt a bit silly, being so close to crying, because crying was not something he typically did, but he was more preoccupied with the way Crowley's eyes shone, tears clinging to his long, dark lashes. Partially an effort to soothe the demon, partially an attempt to avoid crying himself, partially just an impulse, Aziraphale closed the gap between them, kissing Crowley with unspeakable tenderness. Crowley froze, caught off guard. After a moment, he relaxed and sighed into the kiss, but he pulled away all too soon. Aziraphale leaned into him, trying to prolong contact, but the demon gently pushed him back. We can't. Crowley furrowed his brow, gnawing at the inside of his cheek. Aziraphale licked his lips. We can't. What? Why? You don't want to... Crowley raised an eyebrow quizzically. Right now? I only want you, said the angel. I only want to be near you. I only want what will make you happy. Lip quivering, Crowley nodded his understanding. He rubbed at his eyes somewhat pathetically, swiping away his tears and moved in for another kiss. It was quick and light, the way he pressed his lips against the angels, one hand moving to curl around the back of his neck. When he pulled away, he kept his eyes closed, breathing as small as he could, afraid to break the spell. Aziraphale didn't get the memo. As he opened his mouth to speak, his hands cradling the demon's face. I... 
He paused, inhaling the moment, giving Crowley just enough time to interrupt him. Don't, the demon breathed. Let's, can we, will you just hold me? Aziraphale nodded. Of course. They shifted and maneuvered their bodies until Crowley rested with his head on the angel's shoulder, arms once again wound tightly around his pudgy middle. Aziraphale wrapped one arm around Crowley's shoulders, bringing his hand up to rest on the side of the demon's head, holding him close. A comfortable silence rested over them like a thin layer of dust for a long while, until a thought seeped into Crowley's mind, the beginnings of panic threatening to return. I haven't... I didn't even think to worry about my flaps, he said distantly. Aziraphale smiled against the top of his head. You don't have to, he murmured. It's taken care of. Crowley turned his head awkwardly to look at the angel's face, confused. It's... what do you mean? I mean, came the patient reply, that I took care of it. Your flat is in fine condition, I promise. But how? You've been here the whole time, haven't you? Of course I have. I wouldn't leave you in the state you're in. Crowley wrinkled his brow. Then you... that's... you did it with miracles? And a few phone calls, yes, said Aziraphale. What did you do? That's got to be a tremendous amount of power. Don't worry about it, the angel soothed. Crowley balked, placing a palm flat against the angel's chest for leverage and pushing himself up to look at him properly. But that's crazy, Aziraphale, he said. That's... I don't even think I could pull off something that big if I tried, and I'd never even risk it. Dagon would be down my throat in a heartbeat. You... you did that? Aziraphale nodded, calm and resolute. I did, he said matter-of-factly. Calm down, my dear. You needn't stress yourself over how I allocate my power or how my superiors respond. Everything is fine. Blinking back tears for what felt like the thousandth time that day, Crowley swallowed hard. You did that, he repeated, breathless and quiet. You did that for me. Something shifted in Crowley's expression, his eyes darkening, and Aziraphale hardly had time to interpret the change before Crowley grabbed his face with both hands and kissed him hard. As soon as the angel responded, Crowley began to deepen the kiss, licking into his mouth, moving to pull him closer. One hand fisted in the fabric of the angel's shirt, the other tangling into his hair, Crowley clambered on top of him, near frantic in his desire. 
He plastered himself to the angel, his knees pressing in close at Aziraphale's hips, every part of their bodies flushed together from the waist up, as if he could absorb Aziraphale through osmosis. Coming up for air, Crowley trailed a line of quick, messy kisses down the angel's cheek, his jawline, his throat. Aziraphale made a noise somewhere between a moan and a contented hum, and Crowley responded by sucking on the sensitive skin under his ear. Crowley, the angel said, though it came out a bit choked. Crowley, you don't... you don't have to... I know. Crowley mumbled against Aziraphale's skin, making to remove his shirt. Let me, angel. You don't have to, Aziraphale repeated, more insistently. He held Crowley by the shoulders at enough of a distance that they could see each other's faces. Just because I... You don't owe me anything. It's not like that, Crowley said, struggling to keep the wine out of his voice. I want you. He rolled his hips to emphasize his point, making Aziraphale gasp. If you're sure, Aziraphale said. I've never been more sure of anything, Crowley replied, moving once more to undress the angel. He didn't rush the process, nor did he waste any time. Each of his movements was calculated and deliberate, sensual and intimate. He touched Aziraphale's skin as he went, felt it soft and warm and smooth, traced shapes with his fingertips. He palmed the angel's cock, hard and hot through thin fabric, cupped and stroked it lightly, before disposing of Aziraphale's boxers. Aziraphale allowed the demon to finish his ministrations before returning the favour. He laid Crowley down underneath him, showered him with delicate touches and gentle kisses, unwrapped him like a rather fragile gift. When he finished, Aziraphale sat back, admiring the picture Crowley made. All the attention and anticipation meant that Crowley was achingly hard by this point, gazing at Aziraphale through heavy-lidded eyes, his lips parted and his breaths low. Aziraphale felt certain that he could sit here looking at Crowley for a thousand years. He was so beautiful. The angel was just as painfully aroused as Crowley was, but he wanted to savor this, wanted to make it last. Fortunately, he knew by now just what Crowley liked. He trailed his hand down the demon's sides, warming his skin, moving down further to caress his thighs. Crowley's cock twitched at the mere proximity of Aziraphale's warm, deft hands, and he shuddered as the angel worked his way lower. Finally, blessedly, Aziraphale pushed one finger inside him, and Crowley released a breath he'd been holding for a while. 
The angel took his time in preparing him, not torturously slow, but careful and tender. Crowley was happy with this, not wanting any of it to end, but his body was desperate and impatient. Eventually, Aziraphale began scissoring two fingers inside him, and Crowley was sure it had never felt like this before. In all the time he'd been sexually active, it had never been this good. He wanted to tell Aziraphale this, tell him how good he made him feel, but he could never have articulated it. So, although Crowley communicated in gasps and moans as Aziraphale worked him open, and the angel replied by brushing light kisses along every available inch of Crowley's skin, neither chose to speak. Crowley simply relished the feeling of being the centre of Aziraphale's attention and the feeling of the angel's wonderful fingers inside him. Aziraphale reveled in the effect he had on Crowley, how the tiniest movement could make the demon cry out, how Crowley was naked and open and wanting, all for him. Aziraphale had been fucking Crowley with four fingers for several minutes. Minutes that felt like hours, when he decided they had both waited long enough. He moved up the length of Crowley's body, dropping soft kisses as he went, until he was hovering with his face, nearly touching the demons. Do it slow, Crowley whispered, almost inaudibly. Make me feel it. Aziraphale nodded and paused for one eternal moment before sliding into him slowly as requested. Crowley closed his eyes, dropped his jaw and responded with a series of quick, high breaths. Aziraphale couldn't help but think it was the prettiest noise in the universe. Aided by Crowley's hand tugging on his hair, the angel leaned in for a languid, passionate kiss, swallowing the sounds the demon was making, issuing a moan of his own when Crowley's tongue slid against his. Angel, Crowley said fervently once Aziraphale pulled away from the kiss. Please move. Almost before he'd finished speaking, Crowley cut himself off with a sharp intake of breath as Aziraphale rolled his hips once, twice, and then began thrusting in earnest, maintaining a slow and leisurely pace. The demon stopped breathing, wrapped his long legs tight around the angel's hips, maximizing skin contact as best he could. Talk to me, Aziraphale mumbled against Crowley's throat, pressing a firm kiss to his jugular, followed by a light nip of his teeth. His breath coming in quick pants and gasps, the demon dug his fingertips into the soft flesh of Aziraphale's bicep and rocked down onto the angel's cock, trying to push him deeper. Aziraphale, he moaned low and hoarse. Don't stop. 
You feel so good. Aziraphale intensified his thrusts, fucking into Crowley with strong, deliberate movements. Oh, my dear, he murmured in Crowley's ear. I missed this. I missed you. Missed you, too. Crowley responded, then he wailed as the angel's cock dragged against his prostate, slow as ever. Fuck, I missed you so much, angel. Insinuating one hand between their sweaty torsos, Aziraphale wrapped his fingers around the demon's cock, stroked him in time with his unhurried thrusts. Crowley cried out, bucking up into the touch and then rocking back on Aziraphale's cock, the sensation overwhelming no matter which way he moved. His mouth hung open in a soundless gasp, his eyes screwed shut tight. Look at me, the angel said, groaning as Crowley tensed and tightened around him. I want to see your eyes when I make you come. Crowley whined in the back of his throat and opened his eyes slowly, looking up at Aziraphale. The angel's gaze was open and shining as he stared intently into Crowley's wide eyes, fucking slowly into him and swiping the pad of his thumb over the head of Crowley's cock. Aziraphale, the demon said, his voice soft and clear, not a moan or a whimper. It might have been conversational if it weren't suffused with such an intense level of emotion. Aziraphale leaned in and brushed his lips gently against Crowley's jawline before responding. Yes, my dear? Angel. Crowley attempted to keep his tone even, finding it more difficult as he came closer to orgasm. Aziraphale. He trailed off, his words dissolving into a focused effort to maintain eye contact. Crowley, the angel whispered with the same depth of feeling. Anything you need. Crowley nodded pulling Aziraphale down into a quick, messy kiss. The angel obliged him for a moment before breaking away, pulling back enough to look at his face again. He cupped the demon's cheek with his free hand, Crowley cradled Aziraphale's face in both his hands and they locked eyes once more. The angel hit that sensitive spot inside Crowley over and over again, still working his hand on the demon's cock as he watched him, entranced by the way Crowley's face reacted to the sensations. Aziraphale said, Come for me. Crowley did, and Aziraphale followed not a second later. They rode it out together, Aziraphale keeping up his thrusts as he spilled inside the demon, continuing to stroke Crowley through his own orgasm, never breaking the heated connection of their eyes. 
Crowley let out a high-pitched sigh, and then he adopted that same unfathomable, earnest tone from before and said, Aziraphale. Crowley, breathed the angel, unsure whether he was replying to the demon or simply admiring him. Angel, you're my best friend, Crowley said, the words tumbling out of his mouth like weighted dice, and he could have sworn he heard them land on the floor with a similar thought as well. He had wanted to wait until his breathing had evened out, until they were cleaned up, until they were dressed, until he knew Aziraphale could be sure he wasn't acting in the moment, wasn't drunk on the heat of passion. Unfortunately, he was, in fact, drunk on the heat of passion, so he did not wait, and he did not know what he was saying. He looked at the angel, who appeared slightly crestfallen, and quickly moved to correct his mistake. Shit, he muttered half to himself, and then said out loud, I meant to say, I love you.